This is the Industrial IoT Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. We have seen the emergence of what I call modern Internet of Things. It's really the connectivity piece and the data aggregation piece that is usually missing in the infrastructure right now in the market. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Market Scale IoT Podcast. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the program. We have a big show coming up for you, but before we get to any of that, I want to remind you that we have lots of great content on our website over at marketscale.com. Recapping CES, the Consumer Electronics Show that was a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas. We also have a lot of content from NRF Retail's big show uh, that took place last week in New York. With both of those shows, uh, there's a lot of IoT technology that was integrated. Uh, at CES, it's obviously a lot of software, a lot of technology. At NRF, it's all it's all done for the retail industry. Uh, but you have a lot of IoT overlap in lots of different industries. And so we have a lot of content living there on our IoT page as well that really recaps a lot of what we learned and what we saw at Consumer Electronics and also NRF last week. So uh, there's a lot of overlap in the world of IoT into different industries, and that really reflects itself on our pages. So if you're interested in more of that type of information, head over to marketscale.com, click on the Industries tab, and then uh, click on IoT. Also, feel free to browse around. You can go to our retail page to see more NRF content or go to Software and Technology to check out more from CES. And uh, while you're there, just look around at some of the other podcasts and written content that we have there in other industries as well. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk to Edward Anthes Washburn, and he is the executive director at New Bedford Port Authority. And one of the things that they were faced with was the challenge to limit illegal fishing practices. Now, they are known for high-margin scallop shipping operations, and they were the number one fishing port in America for 12 years in a row. And so... They undertook this uh, challenge, and one of the ways that they did that was implementing V5 systems solar video surveillance technologies uh, so they could track who's coming in, who's coming out, and then it also helped them have a better idea of the environment and the underwater environment and the health of it. So they've learned a lot from using this technology, and this is really an area that we haven't uh, taken a dive into really when it comes to IoT technology on the podcast. So I'm really excited to get to hear from him. That's Edward Anthes Washburn. He is the executive director at New Bedford Port Authority. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. After that, our correspondent Sean Heath takes a look at the benefits, both seen and unseen, of integrating IoT into an existing supply chain strategy. So he's going to talk about the granular level of real-time data collection and how useful it can be for the companies that have adopted it and why it's so important for companies moving forward. He even suggests that supply chain can possibly be the industry that would benefit the most from IoT technology. So Sean Heath takes a deep dive look into that industry as well. So that's what's coming up on the show today. But without further ado, let's get to that conversation. Conversation with Edward Anthes Washburn coming up next here on the Market Scale IoT podcast. All right, so we're joined by Ed Anthes Washburn, Executive Director of the New Bedford Port Authority. Ed, great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Absolutely. I'm excited to get your take on IoT in the fishing 
industry. I don't think it's one of the most prevalent or well-known uses of IoT, at least on a, on a consumer or global scale, but the initiatives that you're able to accomplish with IoT have been pretty eye-opening, and I know the port of New Bedford has been setting some standards itself, um, since it is consistently one of the highest-ranked ports in the states. So, Ed, why don't we start by getting a general sense for IoT tech in the fishing industry? Give our audience um, a little insight on when did you actually start seeing this technology take hold on a ubiquitous level, and how has it become um, something very crucial to fishing success, whether that's thwarting illegal fishing, whether that's understanding the underwater uh, environment a little better, whether that's utilizing cameras for a variety of different reasons. Go ahead and give us some insight. Sure. So um, as you probably um, and, and your listeners probably appreciate, um, you know, the, the fishing industry isn't, you know, it's one of the oldest industries on the planet, right? Um, and, you know, people have been harvesting fish in more or less the same way for um, decades, if not centuries. Right. Uh, if not millennia. <laughs> right, right. It's um, it, w- one of the things that we're very excited to have is a, um, you know, looking because of our proximity to Cambridge and, and Boston and, and some of the IoT um, initiatives there and, and some of the, uh, you know, some the low price of sensor technology, um, we do see that, you know, sensors have, have the ability to really transform um, traditional industries and industries that, uh, for whatever reason, haven't necessarily had a you know big influxes of technology, um, all for the better of sustainable harvest, uh, harvesting of fish, traceability, which um, as you alluded to in your intro, um, you know making sure that uh, that the fish that you're being served um, is what it, the menu says and, and is what what was harvested uh, where the restaurateur says it's harvested from. Now, all of those things are um, are a really neat application of IoT that, with the price of sensors coming down, um, can really transform um, how consumers are you know eat fish, uh, but also how commercial fishermen harvest fish, um, how, how they track fish, uh, and also how commercial fishermen can potentially diversify their revenue opportunities. So if they're going out there with um you know with a with a fishing vessel is there an opportunity to uh put sensors on that vessel put the infrastructure on that vessel to begin to collect data uh that to this point has either been siloed on individual vessels or within individual fleets or it's um it's being you know it's it's being brought you know brought forward by uh, you know, research vessels and that kinds of thing, that kind of thing. So really the scope and using the infrastructure, the, the physical uh, infrastructure of a fishing, fishing vessel uh, to collect uh, ocean health data is, is really quite exciting. Um, and what we're hoping is it, it, it tells a better picture of what's happening in our oceans with, with climate change and other, and other things that are, um, that actually fishermen are the first to see in a lot of cases, um, and providing, you know, a quantitative uh, data measurement for what to this point has always been considered more qualitative or anecdotal 
data from the fishing industry. Really, really excited about it. Definitely. Well, and it sounds like this tech will not only benefit the fishing industry, but it's the kind of data that can then be utilized for climate research, for um, environmental research, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's, I think, the sort of win-win situation here is that when, you, when a, a port or some sort of fishing operation uh, employs IoT technology that they utilize for their own purposes, all that data can then be sent off and used for other means. You know, it's not it's not just siloed information. It's very accessible information and an information that can affect many. So it's almost the perfect industry to bring this technology to because of its wide potential reach. Um, have you seen IoT tech take off in the fishing industry like you'd hoped? Is it just now beginning to catch on? Sort of what, what's the status on on our people utilizing it to its full capacity? I think the answer, you know, right now we're at sort of the early adopter phase, <laughs> um, you know, so, so some of the more, um, you know, the more advanced fishing industry folks um, it, it, it are already collecting a huge amount of data. Um, and right now it just sits on individual vessels, on hard drives, on the vessels. Um, and, you know, it, it's sometimes shared among, vessel owners, uh, but a lot of times it's, it's kept in its, um, you know, it's kept in its silo and, and it's treated as sort of information that, you know, if a, if a captain knows a certain area is really productive, he doesn't necessarily want to share that, that, that information. Certainly he doesn't want to share it with, <laughs> with, with, uh, a competitive fisherman. Um, however, if there's, information that he's collecting that is of value to uh, researchers, to ocean health, um, you know, climate change scientists, to NOAA, um, he may be willing to take that information and, and provide it free of charge if, you know, if it goes into something like stock assessments and, and helping, um, helping provide the information needed to determine how much fish he can harvest. Um, but also, you know, there, there could be a potential revenue opportunity, um, you know, figuring out whether um, all of those all of those opportunities are still very early on. And um, it, but but I think that's kind of where uh, there could be some uh, there, where there could be an opportunity. So, so right now. We're very much focused that we, we, we have a grant from the Massachusetts Seaport Economic Council um, that is basically that it will develop the infrastructure that we can that we can scale uh, across the fleet. So, you know, figuring out how what vessels are collecting now, um, figuring out how to, in the words of, of uh, Chris Resendi's, exfil that data. And and bring it into the cloud where it can then be looked at and um, and potentially aggregated in a way that is uh, useful to someone other than the fisherman. Um, and then if if there's any the key to all of this and the key to really buy in from the commercial fishing industry is the is the fisherman owns the data. So if there is a, a revenue opportunity, he would um, the fisherman would would see some of that revenue. Um, but more importantly, 
if if there's information that he doesn't necessarily want to share, um, you know, because that's his honey hole or or that's where he's really he, he noticed a bit of fish, he doesn't have to. Um, and that's really where the where the buy-in um, and that's really important to get the scale that that we think um, could really make a difference in this space um, is 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 giving the the fishermen the control and the confidence that um, the data that they're producing with their vessel with their sensors um, they'll have a say over what it's used for. Right. So that brings up an interesting point. Do you think that that um, is a scalable model um, because uh, I guess to get a little more context is the fishing industry pretty open about sharing information because like you said uh, do fishermen take personal pride over specific areas and maybe they don't want to share that data with larger entities with other fishermen because you know they want that sweet catch or they know that okay this area has a certain amount of fish which is going to benefit me et cetera, et cetera. Do you see that open line of communication? Is that something that the industry needs to maybe change to get the most use out of this data? And it depends on what those data are being used for. Um, so in, in some cases, this has been, this has long been a, um, <clears throat> a key uh, focus of the fishing industry is to make sure that NOAA, who regulates the fishing industry, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, uh, they are required to use the best available science uh, when it comes to making measurements like stock assessments, how much fish is out there in the ocean, which, you know, a, a, a tiny subset of that is then what the fishermen are allowed to catch. So if, if the information um, is, is going to NOAA so that they can get a better idea of of what the stocks are, um, it, it, and they're able to to what to this point, you know, they're able to say, um, no, look, we're we're actually seeing a whole lot more. You know, we're not catching these fish, but we're seeing a whole lot more of of a certain type of of fish. So you guys should go back and focus on that. So if they're able to show that, and if they're able to provide their own data to that conversation, they're very very much interested in it. Um, the other the other thing that we want the infrastructure that will go on the vessels to do is to also, um, you know, we're working with the UMass Dartmouth School of Marine Science and Technology uh, because they have trawl technology. Um, and what they do with the video trawl is they it's it's a, it's called an open cod end net. So um, they have a GoPro on there and. <laughs> The fish goes directly through the net. It doesn't get caught, but the fish the, is is filmed, and they're able to count how many fish are are going through the net. So, with that technology, uh, from the fisherman's perspective, it's good to have that kind of stock assessment data. Uh, but they're also able to, for the first time in the history of fishing, uh, they're able to see how their gear is tending the bottom. They're able to see how. Um, you know, it, how their, their tow rope is, is conforming to the bottom. They're able to see how, you know, if they, if they change the way that they're fishing in a certain way, uh, they're able to see how they're able to be a little bit more targeted and, and avoid bycatch, which is, which is a big issue with sustainable fisheries. Um, so for the first time ever, they actually have eyes on the net and they're able to fish in a, in a way that none of their ancestors or predecessors were able to. And that's really exciting. Uh, in addition to just 
you know, maximizing, you know, fuel efficiency and, and other um, important things that are, that, that, that impact their bottom line, having this technology can, can do a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. I guess a little more info on the industry as a whole. Are you seeing this technology lift up the industry in a positive way? Uh, I guess what, what has been the economic standpoint of the fishing industry over the last several years and as IoT technology does everything from put eyes on the net to increase fuel efficiency? Are you seeing that have a positive effect on the industry? Um, are you seeing more revenue, cutting of costs, etc.? Yeah, it's a that's a great question, and we're still very early on, and and I think it's fair to say that the fishing industry is is not at the forefront or the cutting edge of of IoT. Um, so right now we're we're kind of in the middle of seeing what this technology can do for the fishing industry. Um, I, I do think that there has been, um, and this, this has less to do with IOT in particular, but, but more to, and more to do with sustainable fishing practices and regulations from, from NOAA. Um, there, there is a much, um, the, the, the focus on individual fishermen and on what's happening uh, in the in the harvesting of fish is is a very is something over the last ten or fifteen years that's been um, one of the priorities of NOAA. Um, so fishermen now are are more used to um, having NOAA in a much more proactive way be part of 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 what they're doing, which has led to you know it's led to much more sustainable practices. It's it's led to um, more predictable in some fisheries catches like the scallop industry, which is why New Bedford is the number one fishing port in the country. Um, because of, of the data, they're able to understand how much, how many scallops they can catch in, in, in years out and they're able to plan around it. Uh, and that has created a really successful, uh, fishery, uh, that's, that's for the most part home ported in New Bedford. So using that technology, um, which, you know, 20 years ago was, a was, it might not have even been a digital camera doing some of, of some of this information, you know, collecting some of this information and providing it to scientists. Um, but the fishing industry has been at the forefront of that collaborative research, uh, because they see directly the impact to stock assessments and, and that kind of thing. I love that. I love the idea of, you know, staying ahead of the curve and empowering the people that do the work daily to do their work better. And I feel like that will ensure success and efficiency no matter what industry you're in. Definitely something to take away from this conversation. Um, if you had to give some advice to other port authorities, um, what aspect of IoT technology would you say is the one they need to invest in the most um, and that you think is going to have the most tangible benefits for the fishing industry in the next even few months or several years? I think the, the biggest thing is uh, the, this, the technology that's coming out now, um, the price of sensors, the, the price of the analytics to figure out what the sensors, you know, giving the context of, of what the sensors are, are sensing. Um, it, it really, it really does uh, make it an uh, make it an exciting time to um, you know to to spread the actual collection of data um, across uh, and and 
and allows the, the fishing industry to potentially, in addition to hauling fish, haul data. Um, and I think the, the, I think in a lot of cases where we're so, it's so new that we don't know exactly what, what the data will tell us. Um, but right now, just ha having, um, you know, right now, when you look at the number of research vessels that are out there on the oceans, collecting information about the ocean, it's a relatively small number, like in the hundreds. Uh, whereas you look at the Port of New Bedford, we have over 500 fishing vessels um, just in New Bedford uh, go out um, for anywhere from the Hague Line, which is in between Nova Scotia and the Gulf of Maine, all the way down to South Carolina and Florida, all over the continental shelf. So our fishing vessels and the fishing vessels throughout the East Coast and, and the United States and the world are in those literal waters and they're, and they're already there. Uh, so the infrastructure is there. If we can figure out a way to um, easily give the fishermen an ability to harvest that data, those data, Sorry, I always, always get the plural part mixed up. If, if we're giving them an opportunity to harvest those data, um, I think we'll have a much better idea of what's going on in our oceans. Um, and, and we'll be able to measure the effects of climate change um, from the perspective of the people that are on the front lines of this. So long before, you know, there's a lot of articles now about how the ocean's warming much faster than we thought. Uh, well, if you go down to our docks, um, th there's there are people that have seen that in real time uh, and, and are continuing to see that. Um, and unfortunately, that's sort of been discounted because that's some guy on a fishing boat. There's a way that we can actually um, get precise measurements, um, I, I think, the whole world will be will be much better off, and the commercial fishing industry has an opportunity to to take advantage of 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 these sensors to um, really understand the impact that they're having and to be more efficient um, and more sustainable, and um, and get get those products to us consumers uh, faster and and with more clarity. Well, if there are any other fishing industry experts listening to this podcast, uh, you know, I advise them to take your word very highly. Being one of the most high valued ports in the States consistently for the last 18 years, what y'all are doing is definitely working. And it's exciting to see an industry that has so much rich history and often, you know, known for not necessarily being on the cutting edge of technology taking the initiative to bring IoT and uh, valuable sensor data into their operations. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that data can then affect not only the fishing industry, but uh, larger projects and larger research as a whole. So thank you very much for your insight on this, Ed. Really enjoyed chatting and uh, look forward to bringing you back on in the future. Awesome. Thank you, Daniel. I, I appreciate the conversation and anytime.
Coming up next, we're going to dive into the world of IoT and supply chain. And we're going to talk about how IoT can be used to monitor the entire supply chain to reduce costs and to create more efficient processes. And so to take a look at that is going to be our correspondent, Sean Heath. And he really takes a deep dive uh, into that topic and looks around at why IoT in the supply chain is so successful and how it can really help companies moving forward, especially the ones that haven't adopted this yet. So there's a lot to be learned here, a lot to be gleaned. And our own Sean Heath takes a look into it for us coming up next here on the Market Scale IoT Podcast. Welcome to Market Scale Focus on IoT. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Manufacturing, as a general rule, has an unlimited number of data points that are monitored at any given moment to improve efficiency during the manufacturing process. But a very recent development in that process is utilizing that data to control what happens to the products once they leave the factory. Of course, I'm talking about using the Internet of Things for the supply chain. Generally, when a product leaves the factory, you know it's in a truck or on a train in a cargo container, and you have a pretty good idea of where that container is in relationship to the Earth at a given moment. However, it could be helpful to know what else is going on around that container, and that's where IoT comes in. Information is always available, but it's processing and collating that information that's just as big a challenge as collecting it in the first place. As technological advances are made in the field of IoT, the things that you can do with this technology increase exponentially. Today, I want to talk about just a few of the benefits that the supply chain sector can leverage today. One of the first and most obvious benefits is, of course, improving inventory management. There's an awful lot of data generated when you have a thousand widgets that are all individually tagged and tracked and the ability to compare what happens to a particular shipment going in one direction versus a shipment in another direction. The ability to accurately track events that occur en route can be just as important as anything that can happen before the truck is even loaded or after it reaches its destination. Tracking such items as time, GPS location, accelerometer movements, temperatures, environmental factors, all of these are important pieces in trying to manage inventory. Of course, as you're able to track all of these different events that are happening to your manufactured items, you can assess and examine all of these pieces of data and help determine maybe where there might be a flaw in the chain. You can, in fact, use this information to not only predict, but prevent damage. Damage control and inventory control, of course, one of the largest leaks of profits in the supply chain. Another natural occurrence of gathering all of this data is the ability to increase efficiency. Naturally, everything that you can monitor, you should be able to improve or you should be able to remove from the process if you see that it's not necessary. Another benefit of IoT in the supply chain is the ability to track in real time the status of any given shipment at any given time. This allows you to expand into an entire world of possibilities as far as logistics, shipping routes, weather, traffic patterns. There are so many different metrics that can go into improving the efficiency and cost effectiveness of any particular shipping process. Adding in all of these additional points of data seems like a no-brainer. 
Of course, there is an increase in the amount of complexity of the back-end calculations and being able to interpret all of the data that you're gathering through this new system. But leveraging all of that data can also help you improve your maintenance practices. Instead of having just a standard maintenance schedule that just has always worked before for everybody else, you're able to escape that cookie cutter approach and you're able to interpret all the data that your sensors are collecting and then you can analyze that to predict issues that otherwise you might not even notice. You could save something along the lines of what, a penny per item? That doesn't sound like a lot until you realize that you shipped 47 million items last year. Another benefit of IoT in the supply chain is the ability to improve inventory practices. Having the ability to monitor your inventory in extremely efficient ways can help on both ends of the equation. You can accurately manage your production rates because you have an accurate measurement of just how many additional items you need. It also gives you an opportunity with monitoring and alerts to improve Systems that analyze the information, the usage of different products, you can use that data to determine trends much earlier than you might with just a simple eye test. And finally, you have the opportunity to really interact with your customers. You know, as a general rule, customers in the past, we didn't really think about where something came from or how it got to the store. We just really focused on acquiring that thing. Well, that's not how consumers think these days. IoT is a technology that can help a company demonstrate to its customers the provenance of a thing they're creating. You can prove through this IoT technology the source of the materials. Uh, if you are a company that is expressing concern about producing items ethically and behaving responsibly, whether that is financially, socially, um, if it's environmental, the Internet of Things will allow you to not only track all of that information, but to leverage that information to actually behave in a more ethical or in a, in a more responsible manner than you might have realized was possible. That efficiency increases the amount of products that you can move through your supply chain, but it also minimizes the amount of loss that's incurred through the supply chain process. One thing to definitely take into account is this is not a situation where you want to be late to the party. This is a situation, this is a technology, and this is an opportunity where it is much better to adopt too early than to wait until it's too late. I've always felt that it was extremely difficult to make up money that you had lost, but it was always important to start planning on how you can earn the money you haven't earned yet. The technology of the Internet of Things not only can help you maintain current profit levels and keep an eye on every single piece of every single penny, it can also help you prepare for a steadfast future and a complete focus on making sure that you can manage with 100% confidence all of the earnings that are to come. I'm Sean Heath, and this has been Market Scale's Focus on IoT. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the Market Scale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.
that is all we have time for on this week's episode of the IoT Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. I really enjoyed that look at uh, two different industries that might seem vastly different, but can both be improved using IoT technology, whether it's phishing or whether it's supply chain management. I think uh, there's lessons to be learned there, and there are technologies that can be implemented to improve the processes for both of those industries. So I really enjoyed that look, uh, bringing two industries together really into one podcast that might seem disparate, might seem uh, like they couldn't be more different, but uh, IoT technology can play a part in both of them. That is all we have time for for this week's episode of the show. We do appreciate you listening very, very much. If you enjoyed this content, make sure to go over to marketscale.com and click on the Industries tab. There you can find more content just like this, whether it's IoT, software and technology. Uh, if you want to check out our recap from NRF there at the retail uh, retail's big trade show for the year, you can check that out there as well. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Market Scale IoT podcast. But until then, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.